Animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and joining me in this podcast is my longtime friend, Rick Arroyo. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Very well, very well. They're going to be listening to episode 58, um, our 58th podcast here. And uh, we've got a new instructor here, Andrew, and I'm hoping I'm going to get his name right here. Last, Kefalidis, he'll be teaching a new workshop. Rick, you want to tell us a little about it? Yes, we're bringing the Unreal Engine to iAnimate. Uh, we found uh, a great instructor, someone that's really passionate about teaching and sharing. And uh, the class is exclusive because, you know, we're starting and I want to make sure that this class is, is nothing but, uh, you know, what we stand for excellence, right? So it's going to be four to six spots. Uh, that's going to start at the beginning of 2019. Awesome. All right. Well, um, Andrew looks like he, based upon his bio, he enjoys games very much and he loves the Unreal Engine. So I'm looking forward to talking with him about this and uh, his workshop here. It'll be starting here in uh, January next year. So let's bring him on. All right. Well, let's jump into this. Uh, Andrew, again, I appreciate you joining us on this podcast. We're looking forward to talking about your background in animation. Um, and also your upcoming workshop. It looks like it's gonna be really, really cool. So I always like thanking my guests here. It's it's needed an opportunity to talk with you um, and to take a little bit of your time and kind of get that back out here to the community. So again, oh, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. One of the first questions I usually like to jump into is how you kind of got started in the animation. What made you to want to jump into this amazing industry and, and uh, kind of carve your path into it? Did you always want to get into this? Did you enjoy drawing? Did you, uh, was it something you kind of lucked into? How did, how did that work? Uh, it's a bit of everything. I actually didn't want to get into animation specifically. I didn't know that you could. Mm. So I was one of those kids that grew up drawing, you know, playing games all day. So I wanted to do something in the industry. I didn't know what. Okay. And it just so happened that uh, when I started, like, honestly looking at colleges, I noticed that one in my, in my city was having a new course for animation so I signed up for that uh, didn't get in the first time around so kept trying and then eventually we got in so once I got into there it was a three-year program and the idea was to teach us everything to do with animation that includes like rigging uh, setting up scenes animatics and all that stuff and uh, it turns out I enjoyed the rigging part almost as much as the animation okay very cool Partly because it was fun to be technical, but also because not one other person in my grade enjoyed it as well. So it's kind of, I fit that spot for my class. I helped them out with their rigs. And uh, from there, I graduated, got a job at uh, Ubisoft. Well, actually, I, I had worked in film for like three months before Ubisoft. So okay. my first job was in film in animation. Okay. But that was not really my thing. So what, what so, was it? What was it for you that kind of made you want to steer more towards uh, games? Well, I just wanted to make games, not, okay. not necessarily animating games. I just wanted to make them. Okay, and gotcha. Animation happened to be the thing that got me into the industry. Okay. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not like diehard about animation specifically. It's more of the the whole the whole process of video games. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So Ubisoft was one of your first gigs shortly after. Yes. Okay. Now yeah. you, Ubisoft what? Uh, Ubisoft Montreal. Okay, so you're from Canada. Yeah, okay, from, gotcha. uh, born and raised here. All right. <laughs> what project did you work on? My first project was Watch Dogs 1. Mm. And uh, it's funny, they like to remind me that when they first started working on Watch Dogs, I was still in high school. 
because <laughs> it had gone through like three iterations. So, uh, <laughs> so I was the young guy there on the project. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. So when did you, just out of curiosity, uh, during the project's lifespan, when did you jump into it? How, how about midway, early on, or right towards the tail end? Uh, about three quarters of the way from inception of the game itself because okay. it, it had been like six years in production. Wow. Ridiculous like that. Yeah. So I came near the tail end, but kind of the middle of what watchdogs is today. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, now what about that? Did you enjoy? I mean, I can see where on one hand, okay, maybe I'm, I'm missing out on some of the uh, early development and kind of getting my hands in on that, but mm-hmm. you jumping in about three quarters, you would have had an opportunity to have some established, uh, characters and, and story and gameplay yeah. and things of that nature. So was that some benefit to you there jumping in like that? Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to be on a team of mostly seniors. Mm. So they were, uh, I guess they assumed that I was more capable than I was <laughs> because everybody else on the team was. So uh, they, they gave me a lot of freedom to, you know, brainstorm ideas, uh, design features, not, not like that went into the game, but more help them work on it. So uh, building animation systems, uh, th- that's where I got my first taste, and that's what I enjoyed the most. Okay. It really felt like I was making an impact on the project, you know? Very cool. Now, did you grow up playing video games quite a bit? Yeah, of course. Okay. My, my father used to run a CompuSmarts. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like an older... I don't know if there, there's any around anymore, but there's like, like an early version of best buy or something yeah so yeah, yeah. manager there he would bring home uh, super nintendo games that weren't out yet oh awesome. over the weekend things like that <laughs> very cool that's pretty cool yeah that. that's yeah a- i got lucky he was a <laughs> professional dungeon master for a bit so oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh man uh, we, we might have to ask him to hook us up with a with a game <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, uh, he would love that yeah, yeah so so uh really quickly i was curious like uh you know because now we're like right into it right so yeah that's fine this is fantastic do this um when you first started in games, right? You just jumped into Ubisoft, right? You were you were fresh, you were new. What was excited, like? Excited, yeah. Yeah, excited. You're like, I could do anything. This is amazing. <laughs> I had my youthful, uh, my my youthful vigor. There yeah. you go. So, what was some of the first challenges you realized that uh, that you encountered, like right away? That you you know, you like, what were the first challenges? I don't want to. Uh, I think the biggest one actually was wrapping my head around what a state machine was. Mm-hmm. Like how video game animation, it's not just make an animation, plug it in and it runs. It's more of, you know, layers and transitions and all this stuff that we, we weren't really taught in school mm-hmm. uh, for, for nobody's fault. It's just that that was not part of the program. So that was the biggest thing that I had to first understand. So gotcha. that, that was definitely the yeah. big challenge. And do you find that uh, still today as you see young guys come in that want to, you know, get into the game industry or become, you know, technical artists, technical animators, do you find that they're ready, that they know how to do these things, how to work with State Machine or that they are well equipped? Honestly, I haven't seen a lot of young guys come into the tech anim role. It's usually the, the older, the older, you know, the older guys that have, already worked with these systems before that are switching, uh, you know, studios and stuff and coming in with us. Mm. So I, I honestly, I've, I think I met one guy who was younger than me and as fresh as I was when I had started and, and it went pretty good. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, you know, that's a quick discussion is that mm-hmm. I find that 
even for us, Ubisoft, when we're trying to hire tech animators, we can't find because there is no one that is, yeah. that is properly trained. Like we have people that want to do it, but uh, you know, there's a lot of projects going on. We have some amazing, cool projects going on and we can't afford to really teach anyone because mm -hmm. the position requires someone that's experienced. And, and that's what I want to know. Like you said, you were fortunate enough to be surrounded by a group of seniors. Yeah. So th could you say pretty much that you were learning from the seniors were they the ones that, you know, helped you uh, like grow as an artist? Yeah, definitely. It, it was really the teams I was on that uh, did it for me. Mm. Hey, real quick guys, can you, uh, you know, for myself and even our audience, how would you distinguish the difference between like a tech artist or tech animator at your role that you're trying to talk about right now versus someone who's, well, I know animation. How would you explain the difference, I guess? So my, my go-to description of a tech animator, at least my type of tech animator, because there's also uh, official tech animators that just do rigging and scripting and stuff mm. in the DCC side, but I'm more of the integration of animation and building state machine sort. So I would say that we're not artistic enough to be a, an animator and not smart enough to be a programmer. <laughs> but, well, I, but you're I able to bridge those two words. <laughs> exactly. That's how I describe myself anyway. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, that's the cool part is you're able to bridge those two though. Yeah. And okay. there's a little bit of designer in there too, because you have to understand what, what needs to happen in game versus how you're going to build that. You know, it's a little bit of everything. Gotcha. No, that's cool. Yeah. I think something, uh, like you said, is the bridge point and, um, um, you know, being in the industry for probably over 20 years now, uh, I find that, you know, those who do the, the integration, you know, or those who understand uh, the integration uh, really bring uh, a, a level of importance to a team. So it's really important to understand that your animation is going to be used in different ways and mm -hmm. understand how to, how to create the animations so they provide the results that the, that the creative director or, or an, and other directors and animation directors are looking for and, and the game director to make sure it's responsive and, and it hits all the three C's and all that. So um, like for us uh, at Ubisoft, uh, a tech animator is vital <laughs> to <make sure laughs> that uh, things work. So props no, to all the tech animators out there. There you go. Now, what you said, state machine? Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, I, I'm. A, I'm assuming you're familiar with this. I'm not. I'm not as much on the game so side. So we, we have okay. to assume that. For, also, for all the audience out there, that and that's the nice part. Yeah, I get to ask oh, all the okay, yeah, all the yeah, uh, so, newbie questions. So yeah. Yeah, we want to make sure the audience understand all these young um, artists, young animators, uh, VFX artists. They understand really what what uh, you know what you do. And, okay. Yeah. Um, because there is a technical side, but. In all honesty, uh, there is a creative side in it, and it's it's the yes. problem solving and and putting it together. And I want to make sure that you can you can communicate that aspect. It's not just looking at a number and just putting ones and twos, right? So if you oh, can, it's definitely you know, not that. You can yeah. tell us, you know, what it's all about, and and really, you know, so we can paint a picture. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, to put it simply, a state machine is what state the character is in. How does he get there? Like, what is the logic but behind what he's doing? in code side mm. so if the if the engine says if the player clicks forward then the character moves forward if the uh, player clicks jump the character will jump anything to do with that and then how does that drive the animation 
So how it drives, also the pacing, how many animations, how does it yeah. affect the player, all that really, that's part, uh, that's just one aspect of what a tech animator would, would do. Yeah. Okay. So, well, one thing I really like uh, about my current position anyway is when it comes to how many animations, like what animations specifically we need, that's really up to, up to me and my team. Okay. So the designer will say, we need the character to be able to do a double jump, for example. Then he would just say that. We would go meet up with the programmers, the artists, and together we, we would sit down and figure out what, what's the most efficient but best looking way we can make a character jump using animations and programming hand in hand. Gotcha. So yeah, you really are bridging that, that gap there. Yes. Okay, yeah. very cool. And one of the things I like about this too is that, um, I, I, know, I know you're being humble when you mention that's how you describe yourself. The cool part though for me is that I see where people are maybe listening to this and going, hey, look, I, I like the best of both worlds here. You know, mm -hmm. I like the animation aspect and I like the technical aspect. This seems like something fun for me because I like to be able to get my hands on both and uh, wear multiple hats, so to speak. Okay, that's probably a better way to, to describe it. And that's true because I love programming. I love the idea of programming. I like the logic behind it, the problem solving, but mm -hmm. remembering the, you know, the syntax and the how to write <laughs> exactly what you need to write. That's like a lifetime. You can learn how to do that. Right, right. And then on the other hand, animation is fantastic and I love it, but I don't want to spend the time needed to make beautiful animations because then I won't be able to get onto the programming side, you know? Right, right. So it's, it's exactly in between and it's enough of both worlds that, you know, it scratches all those itches. Right. Nice. Now, where did you learn the technical aspect of this? Uh, mostly self-taught. I okay. was playing in uh, Unreal Engine 4, which is the best engine in my opinion, <laughs> especially for somebody who's sitting in their room alone at night playing in an engine. It's, it's very, it's awesome for that. So I started off with a character that I just wanted to see how many animations I could pack into it. And then from there I said, well, if he's jumping, I need somewhere to jump. So I started adding objectives and gameplay and then it just grew from there. <laughs> so it's a lot of self-taught. And then uh, obviously there was the help from Ubisoft, the team I was on, and now at Eidos, the team I'm on. It, mm. It's a process. So your role mm. currently is similar to what your role was over at Ubisoft, right? Uh, it is not actually. Okay. So at Ubisoft, I was a gameplay animator. Okay. So I was given a list of animations uh, to do and then uh, talk with a programmer. He would integrate them into the engine. Uh, whereas at Eidos, I was more of the doing the programmer's role in the sense that I would be building the states and then I would talk to the animator and he would provide me the animations to plug in. Okay. So it's kind gotcha. of the opposite side of what I was doing at Ubisoft. Okay. Okay. Nice. Do you find that uh, your experience as an animator helped you even more uh, being a tech animator now? Or it def definitely did. I'm going to make a couple of assumptions here about programmers and for sure they're probably wrong, but they wouldn't understand how a character could or should move as well as I think a, an animator would just because body mechanics and, you know the expression programmer art? <laughs> it's very like linear and to the point and efficient. Right. It's not necessarily the best way to get a character moving around. Artistically and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. So that, that's how I would... Uh, I think being a game plan animator helped a lot with that. So I'm going to chime in on this because, uh, you know, I have, I have a few gray hairs that are starting to show. And, <laughs> and, and, and uh, this, is, this is my opinion. And, I, and uh, you know, I firmly believe that um, animators uh, today, 
right? I'm going to speak about animators today and animators uh, before, in general speaking. So no one, I don't want anyone to feel um, targeted or anything. But animators yeah, today, disclaimers uh, today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, animators today uh, now have the advantage to focus, really focus on on one aspect, and that's you know the animation and the performance and the acting and, and everything and the body mechanics and everything that that comes with it. Um, the animators that started, uh, you know, you know, in the early stages of, of the game industry, um, had to one animate, and on top of that, had to understand how to integrate their own animations because teams were not like what we have now. You know, six hundred, eight hundred, a thousand people, or, mm -hmm. or maybe three hundred if you if you're a medium-sized studio. Teams were much smaller. We used to be a team of forty. And the animator would like say, hi, I made this cool animation, but now I need to get it into game. So mm -hmm. I had to figure out how to put it, you know, whatever it was, it was, you know, Unreal 1 or 2 or, and you had to kind of like, you know, export animation, put it in, give it a value, assign it to controllers. You had to do a lot more. And even previously from that, when animators used to do, you know, traditional animators had to, you know, not to design, draw in perspective, you know, the time and everything. Animators' uh, skills have evolved. Uh, with the how uh, pretty much with the industry so our industry now in, in in the major game studios and and we can talk about the indie studios afterwards is that now everything is really silo it's like you're you're an expert we hire you as an animator and you're an animator and then you branch out into are you a keyframe animator or are you uh, you know um, a motion capture animator or you do you know what software you know do you know Maya do you know motion builder do you know max and I think the animators that have a good understanding of animation and they also learn how to inter, uh, you know, integrate their animations and create systems by far will have uh, more chances and more opportunities to, to shine because now they know how to break up the animations and they know to cheat. You know, they can say, hey, you know, I'm going to use the engine to, to uh, provide the animation uh, that I want you know, with procedural animation or blending from pose to pose and just let, let the engine do all the work and animation can look still pretty solid if done right. And there's some great indie studios that have done that, which I, I forgot the name, but um, you should look up um, procedural animation. Um, I believe it was something like Wolf, uh, forgot his name, but great stuff. And that was done pretty much just with integration and knowing how to use the engine. And then you have animators that, uh, let's see, what's that um, uh, Cuphead, right? It's super, yeah. super animation, yet they knew how to, they knew how to use the engine to get the feel yeah. and, and the flavor of that game. So if you're an animator and you learn, uh, you know, learn how to use the engine, let me tell you right now, you're adding skills and, and you just become, you know, you become interesting on paper. <laughs> and and if you're if you're a tech animator and you know how to use the engine to get the same results or very close results to what an animator would do manually, but takes longer to do, then also you're very valuable. And, yeah. and, and if you're a tech animator, please send me your reel. Uh, <laughs> uh, we need some too, by the way. <laughs> you know, but just see, he needs some, I need some. So, you know, other studios need some, I know, because they've been asking. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something really important to for the, um, all the artists that are out there that are looking to, you know, continue to grow as artists. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to take us off on a bit of a tangent here. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, it kind of reminds me of, I had a conversation with my brother. One of my kids had just got um, the Nintendo Direct, and it comes with The Legend of Zelda, the very first one. You guys played that one before? Uh, mm -hmm. The one on Nintendo? Yes, Nintendo. 
No, I was for, too young. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I've seen Okay. So when you first start out, you've got nothing, right? Yeah. And what do you have to go do? You have to go find the the sword. I think it's a yeah, it's a wooden sword. sword. Yep. Okay. Wooden sword. Yes. So yeah. So my brother and I are talking about this, and he says, "Hey, Larry, I think now." And he goes, "So I'll have to confirm this or not." But I think in this one, you start out with the master sword. You start out with this and you start with, I'm like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, part of the fun was going and figuring all this stuff out and trying to find it, you know? And he's like, man, he goes, I tell you. And he goes, yeah. He goes, it's, it's like going to give them all of it right off the bat. And so much of the fun part is that problem solving and figuring things out. And so it just kind of reminded me of what you guys are talking about right here, where you're talking about animators who know more than just, uh, that one particular niche of what they do, it's like you're saying here, they, they knew how to um, divvy up their animation to, to work within the software and things of that nature. And so it just kind of reminds me of a, of a time past when you had to figure out a lot of stuff here. And mm -hmm. you, it, like you said, Rick, it makes you that much more versatile. And in your cases, guys, where you're at two different studios here, profitable, you know? Yeah. And I, kids, and I, kids these days, they just handed everything. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but okay, maybe. But, <laughs> no, but I think, and I, and really on um, some of the projects we do often, I would, you know, if I'm, if there's a problem, you know, we go, we'll talk to the, the TDs and we'll talk to the technical artists and, 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 and tech animators like, so this is what I want, right? I'm like, I want to do this and I want it to look like this. And, and um, so before I go, you know, shoot some mocap or before I have anyone keyframe it, what's the best way to do this? I go see the tech animator. Like, how can you get this in game? And then I was like, and he might just do a few, you know, poses and animation, and then he'll put it into the, into, into the system. And then we'll just hand the controller and then I'm like, Oh yes, exactly. That's what I wanted. Or I can say, no, a little bit more of that. So maybe Andrew, you could talk a little bit about that. It's like, do you find yourself doing that? Yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually. It's, it's a, uh, going back to the other question of, does it help to be an animator? before a technical animator and that's exactly one of the reasons so for example they were they were throwing out ideas for a new mechanic on the project that i'm on right now but if you want to prototype something in like a their engine with the whole team involved you know you need a programmer a modeler if they're if it needs a new model something like that to throw around an idea mm. could technically take months mm. or because i'm familiar enough with uh, unreal and i can make my own animations I could I could throw together the prototype that they would like to see in a day or two. Wow! To, like the turnaround on that is insane. That like, that's amazing. That, that that's gold. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's gold. Like he just said. Like, uh, and and it's true. Often because you know uh, studios will have their own their own software. You know, for multiple reasons, and they'll build. And because you're in production and developing at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. your engine. Uh, if you want something unique or quick, it's hard to do it. Sometimes it can be complicated and hard to do it during production and time. It takes a lot of time before you even get the results. Mm. But if you have, you know, if you have Andrew or someone like Andrew says, Hey, I just need to validate this idea or I want this type of system. Can you, can you, uh, you know, you know, grab a few guys, can you put something together, you know, grab a few animations or ask a few guys for a few animations can you put something together so we can present this and I can sit down with the team and say, this is the idea behind this, uh, this system or this, this moment. Yeah. And then, and the fact that Andrew could do that is, is like, it's like to me, it's gold. Yeah. Well, I have the perfect example is uh, the producer wanted to, to try an idea 
And instead of going to the programmer and the, you know, anybody involved in the work engine, he just came to me and says, can you, do you think there's something we can do about this? I said, sure. It took me two hours maximum to try it, it, succeeding in what he was hoping we would succeed in. I had uh, real time adjusting of parameters. You know, the, the producer sat next to me. He's like, well, that's cool. But could we try, try this or this instead? <laughs> And real time, half an hour later, we had what he was exactly looking for. That's and it was honestly not, not a big deal to set up. It was not hard at all. But I was getting high fives for a week from that. <laughs> it was the best week. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's really cool. And yeah, in fact, go ahead. Sorry, the, the animations, in fact, that we had used for the prototype were the ones that we're using for the, the prototype in our engine, too. So I took a lot of the assets that I had built for the Unreal version and we could reuse them in our engine once the time came. Super efficient. Yeah. No, I was just thinking what, what artist isn't like to actually be appreciated for the, the work. Oh, yeah. Do. So that's There's fantastic. There's a lot of that. <laughs> it's really, it's flashy. You know, it's a shiny, a shiny way to get things done. Uh -huh. Not hard to do, but it looks good. So that, yeah, that helps yeah. a lot too. But you're able to take the knowledge that you have and actually do something with it. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you said you're, you're, really familiar with the Unreal Engine 4. You know, now, what was it about the Unreal Engine versus maybe, say, Unity um, that made you gravitate towards it? Blueprints. So in Unity, you have to know a certain amount of programming if you want to get anything interesting done. Whereas in Unreal Engine, they have this fantastic uh, visual scripting situation called Blueprints, where it's nodes, you drag and drop it. Nice. Read it like a book. It's very clear and extremely user-friendly. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why we're we're really excited to uh, bring Unity uh, to Unreal. Unreal. And then I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Unreal. Thank you. Uh, we brought Unreal to iAnimate because it's user friendly. It's going to help um, you know animators uh, you know learn a skill that they can apply directly in in a game studio. Uh, it's also going to help them, you know, uh, for their, from themselves, you know, they can do their own little projects on their own, mm -hmm. which I, I know Andrew has some really cool little things that we can talk about. Yeah, too many um, going on. Yeah, and, and it's also, <laughs> also what I think it's, it's really important, really, really important, and, and we don't realize this now, it's always later, but it's, it's part of the industry uh, trend, right? So you're seeing real time, you're seeing VR, prototyping. Uh, even the movie industry, uh, you know, there's some movies, uh, there's a, there's a studio, I believe it was in Europe that, uh, no, there's even more than one. So there's a few studios using, you know, these, uh, 3d engines to improve their pipeline. Right. Right. You know, even for commercials and so on and so on, cause it's real time. And the yeah. fact that you already start learning if the industry really jumps on that and it goes full fledged real time, you are already part of that 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 wave same thing from traditional animation to 3d animation when you from you know some of the the older animators who started with alias wavefront or, or light wave and and soft image uh if you ever you guys know what those are those are yep, yep. for maya and and you know <laughs> like that. It was back in the day right yep. yeah 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 when you're on indigos and and um o2s and but you know it there was a stage where it was slowly growing and then then it expanded and now you had motion capture, you know, uh, that was with, with Kidera and all that. And then slowly the motion capture now is really part of the industry, part of the VFX industry, part of the, even the, you know, commercials, not, you know, games for, for sure. And now we have real time engines, VR. This is something that 
we should be uh, aware of and, mm-hmm. and not, not, don't be shy or scared from even giving yourself that opportunity and that advantage of having that, you know, on, on your, you know, on your resume and say, yeah, you know, I learned the software and if needed, I can jump into it. So this makes you valuable. So I think really important. And that's why we brought it to iAnimate and uh, we wanted to really uh, help the community with that. Right. And this will make a nice segue to jump into that. But um, real quick, one of the things I know we've talked about, Rick, in a previous podcast is just the ability to even show on a demo reel, not just your animation as if it was in a game, but actual animation in a game engine that a viewer like you guys who are looking for hires can actually test and play. But it's a really neat opportunity, particularly if that's the job you're going for. Let's segue into uh, your workshop that you'll be teaching. Do we have a title for it, Rick? I know we're talking about in-game integration with Unreal, and it'd be Unreal 4? Yes. Yep. Okay, yes, so latest, greatest here. Yes, and, and Andrew can talk more about the things that we're going to learn, but the goal is uh, what we did a few years ago in 2013. We did Project Moon, mm-hmm. and we wanted uh, to help animators be able to get their animations playing in-game. And we use uh, we use Unity with uh, back then, and it and it was fine, but there was a lot of challenges, and it wasn't as as user friendly as we wanted it to be. So we wanted to, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that if we're going to expose our animators to something and help them uh, gain a skill, that it was something that was something that can use immediately, and that was uh, something that they can carry throughout their career. Uh, this time around. Uh, you know, we feel very confident with uh, with Unreal. Andrew has been a go-getter, and and he understands. You know, uh, and I let him talk. You know, why why join iAnimate? But we've been building the program, and ultimately the goal is to do like we did Project Moon, but even on on a better scale and with much more ease. And and so they can have their animation and say like, here's my demo reel, but if you want to play it and you go to a creative director or a director or animation director and you give it to our hands, we're like, oh, sweet. And I can right away look at what you did. That's amazing. That has always been the, the goal. And that we want to make sure that that is a goal that can be repeated multiple times. But Andrew can talk more about the workshop and why did he do it with iAnimate? Well, the thing about that is I, I want to teach everybody all the time anything they want to learn in terms of, of Unreal because, it, like I said, I just it's such a fantastic engine. Everybody needs to play in here. But uh, for iAnime, you guys are giving me the platform to do that because I can't find enough people at work to show this thing to. <laughs> so to, to get that reach, obviously, is fantastic. I can't say no to that. The workshop itself, uh, we haven't decided yet what it should be, like what to exclude from it because you can, there's so many things that I could teach uh, in terms of, you know, making games, game types, setting up projects and stuff. There's, there's really too much to teach for one workshop. So we're still trying to figure out exactly like what the best intro to it would be. So it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's overwhelming almost. Is this a logical, okay. So we, we currently have four game animation workshops, uh, introduction, one, two, and three, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Is this, uh, maybe Rick, you can answer this particularly and Andrew, maybe chime in. Is this a logical next step from uh, our games alumni have, having finished the, the workshop three or is this something they can kind of integrate into maybe around two when they've got some 
animation, uh, combat, and things of that nature under their belts? Or where do you see this fitting into that pipeline there? So that's, that's, a, that's a great question, and that was a really hard question to answer. I really appreciate, <laughs> brother. Uh, <laughs> no warnings. You Maybe know. we should talk beforehand. No. <laughs> so right now, I'm looking at, at, at this, and, and, uh, and for the animators, is this can be uh, something on its own. Right. So someone okay. that really is interested, like Andrew's like, he knows he's destined to be to be that great tech animator and and, and that he wants to work with me. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> he can jump in straight into that. And that's how we're, we're building. We're building in a way where someone that really just wants to go jump into that can. But any animator that wants to add that, you know, afterwards, you, they want to do, you know, the game animation can go into it afterwards. So um, as, as we speak right now, it's it's a standalone it's on. Uh, it's it's a standalone, so okay. it uh, uh, it doesn't uh, it won't uh, currently doesn't impact won't impact anyone. It's just I want to make sure that it's uh, available a program that's available to those who want to continue their 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 training and their education, and um, and then you know like Andrew said right now it, we're just working focusing on the introduction, and there's so much uh, there was there's so much we want to teach, but we we want to make sure we do this. Uh, right. So we're going to just focus on the introduction and, and gotcha. go in and talk about the kind of things that uh, we'll be teaching, or I should say Andrew will be teaching. There you go. We're teaming. Well, yeah. To, to just answer your question though, that going from gameplay animation to unreal, that's the story of my career. <laughs> I, I had learned to, you know, gameplay animation, Ubisoft. I thought that was going to be, you know, I was going to be the best gameplay animator that that's ever been. Right. So I learned unreal to, have somewhere to plug my animations mm. like that's as far as i thought i was going to go with it just to make the best character i could make and then from there just i figured out a couple things i i started thinking about other things that i could do in unreal that weren't necessarily related to animation but more game design you know indie, indie studio make your own thing so it's really it's i i think it's a natural progression that a game plan animator should do yeah gotcha okay i totally agree on that what he said there that like every animator that goes into game i by far i can't even recommend it high enough that you should do it because those who do like i can tell you right now they they do so well especially like i love them they know they know go ahead for people that don't know what is your role you're an animation director my role? You gotta ask that question. Huh? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you're saying that. Hey, look, every you know, for games, people need to jump into this. And I'm going. You're at a level in studios that you've been working in. I guess we're. You aren't just saying that because hey, this sounds like a good idea. You're saying that because you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So okay. So um, why I say this is because every animator, it doesn't matter you know where they come from, what school they come from, if you know they're. You know, they go from a brick and mortar school or online school. Uh, they do uh, feature animation, and game animation, right? Uh, they come into a studio and and um, and they come with their animation. Now, if if a, an animator did game uh, the game training, he comes to a game studio. He has a reel that that fits, and I'm like, okay, great. He understands cycles. He understands timing. He understands the the type of mechanics we're looking and and the constraints we are. So I can, we can sit down in, in an interview, and I got some hundred questions and he has the right mindset and he knows what he's getting into. Then, then there's the animator that kind of like you could, you almost want to hire him, but you know, he's not 100% ready for like the animation or keyframe animation, but, but he does bring a certain aspect that you like. 
And if he knew how to, you know, take the animations and plug them in and help out, you know, the, the, you know, the TD and the riggers, or even better, he can do both, right? So when I was a studio director at Gameloft, animators that could do both. There's something, I see some amazing animators. They're apply, Rick, we'd love to work with you. You know me, great. I'm like, yes. Then I ask them like, hey, by any chance, do you know to uh, put animations in game? Do you know to rig? And they go, uh, no, I just animate, right? And that's why I said before animators, you know, you used to have to do everything, right? You really had to do everything because it was a smaller team. And some studios are still like that, right? And Game Off, it w was like that. We want you to animate, rig, and, and integrate your animations. And a lot of animators, even though some are like super seasoned, they, they haven't done it, right? You know, they were able to, you know, get by and work at some cool studios where they just get to animate and they hand out their animation. And they're like, I've done my animation. And they're like, I hope it works. And then <laughs> someone else goes in and the tech animator will go and takes his animation. And they're like, oh, okay, it's a little long. Uh, maybe, okay, I'll scale it down, re-export it. Okay, I'll, I'll shave off uh, some of the animation in editor. Now it's the proper timing. But the animator doesn't even know that, right? It's like, I did my animation. He's smiling. He's like, I worked on this cool game. But, but a, an animator that knows this and has experienced this, when he talks with the director, or the director tells the lead and the lead tells the animator, hey, we need to make sure the responsiveness is tight. He knows why. And he also will start building even more efficiently mm. for the game's needs, right? And not all games have the same need. Like, you know, a Naughty Dog game, which is, has beautiful crafted animation and, and it's story-driven and great narrative, has it, the game system has its own needs versus uh, A Devil May Cry or God of War has another needs. Right. And, you know, mobile game has its other needs. Like the, every game, you know, even all the watch, uh, all the, all the games that you see at Ubisoft, Watch Dogs, uh, Assassin's Creed, and, 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 you know, we have all needs. And an animator that is exposed and know how it works behind the screen, well, how it works inside an engine, by, you, you could tell uh, miles apart the animator is like how well they're, they're prepared. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I do have experience uh, when I was, especially when I was in California, I would get some uh, film animators uh, who are, were amazing animators and great guys. It took them a while to adapt to game animation. One, the pacing and also understanding the, the limitations that, uh, that game development has. Now, when you go into games, I, I like, you know, we say game animators, but you're a game developer. You're developing a game. Exactly. And as you're in film, you're, you know, you're a film animator. You're, you're, you're developing story. Uh, you're developing in the moment. All animators are in the entertainment industry, right? We're creating an experience, uh, you know, a moment for the audience to enjoy, to either watch or to, or to play and experience, right? We're all in the entertainment industry, but certain industries have um, different needs and we need to be aware of that and we want to come prepared. So I just highly encourage animators uh, that are in the game industry or want to get into game industry, I encourage you to come with that kind of experience or right. expose yourself to it. Now, what can we expect from this workshop in regards to, um, again, a general overview of what someone could expect? Angela, you're the one that tell us what we're going to, what you want, some of the topics you'd be talking about. Right. Uh, things like understanding three C's. Let me just look over this list here. Well, the first thing for sure is uh, an overview of the blueprints in Unreal because that's the bread and butter of the, the engine. 
And you're going to need those not only to make characters, but to make game modes, uh, pickups, abilities, things like that. So I'm uh, going to touch a little bit of that. For sure, how to integrate animation onto a character. Nice. So get your character moving, set up the controls for him, determine what he can and cannot do, how he does it. You know, the, the, the basics there, but the main thing is, the one I'm most excited about is at the end of the course, you're going to be able to sit down and from start to finish, make your own simple game. Very cool. Now, I, Rick, I heard you say something about this and Andrew just said the three C's. Um, I've heard that before in some of the podcasts I've done with you, Rick, but I don't remember what those are. Can you guys elaborate? Andrew, so, the way. Oh, Andrew, it's all you, but... Oh, okay. So the three C's are camera, nice. character, and controls. Controls. There you go. <laughs> camera, character, controls. Yeah. And that, that, is the, that, is the, that is the player experience uh, to its rawest form, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's the character on, that's on the screen, how he plays uh, comparative to the camera, and then the input that you put and making sure it, it gives you this, uh, like, uh, and it's an extension of your body. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised that, you know, uh, mastering the three Cs, as simple as it might sound, uh, often is forgotten and a lot of animations, sometimes you see these great, beautiful animations, but you're like, man, it, it's so laggy. Like, yeah. animations, like if an animation is beautiful the first time, but it's long and annoying, it won't be beautiful the second time. <laughs> it has to feel good to look good. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's played games knows that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, and there's also, we're gonna, you know, uh, the animators, uh, I say animators, but the artists will, you know, will learn how to create their own gym and, and uh, you know, understanding, because uh, we talk about in the game, uh, in the game program about root motion and, and uh, code-driven uh, locomotion, uh, you know, how to uh, control the, the inputs and even how to retarget animations in a way where you can put that into, uh, you know, their little uh, gym and their little game they want. And we want mm -hmm. them to be able to have that on their iPads, on their phones and, and even, uh, even like what we did for uh, Project Loon to even be able to put it on their website. So that's, mm. it's a big goal. Like we're, uh, Andrew and I were working, uh, working not just hard, but we're being, trying to be really smart and clever on how we do this so that we can provide a platform uh, for students to succeed. And that is really important for us. It's part of our, you know, our DNA and our mission, our animated, to really to, to give uh, towards a uh, gift to the community, something that, you know, very few uh, didn't get. Yeah. So Andrew, what about the games industry has, uh, keeps you mo motivated and keeps you driving here? What is it that you're so passionate about? I want to see what's next. Mm. You know, like five years from now, where are we going to be? What sort of tech are they going to have, you know, in the future? And I want to be, part of a team or I, I could possibly even be the guy to push what is next, you know, mm. and that's really exciting. What is it currently that you're enjoying that's leading you to that? Are you familiar with motion matching? No. So, <laughs> you know, the game for honor. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a, yeah, it's a uh, Knights and Vikings and, yeah. and Samurai. Sebastian just one of our uh, alumni uh, worked on that. I did a podcast with him. Okay. So he probably knows what motion matching is then. It's, it's really the future of how characters will have animations applied to them. In fact, it skips entirely the whole state machine thing, but not to say you don't need to know state machines. It's just, it's a whole other level of animation applied to a character. 
and it, then it's exciting. Yeah, mm. it actually can. Uh, it's in a way you can say that uh, when the player puts input on the controller, uh, the engine can anticipate mm -hmm. what you what you're trying the character to do and make the character do it. So if you say you're running and you push left and right really quick, he will he will kind of like do this kind of dodge move. Oh, and it's amazing. not animation. It's not an animator that created all these, you know, 1000 moves. It's actually uh you know and we can capture the movement in motion capture all the runs, all these moves in one big take, like you know, a 2-3 minute take. Put that whole chunk of animation in the engine and then code will you know, this code in smart AI kind of thing will say, hey, I recognize all these motions, all these type of movements. Whenever the player does a, a specific movement on the controller, I will find the right movement to match it and put it in engine real time. Wow. Yeah. He says motion matching, right? Yes. Definitely the hot topic right now. I love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. very cool. Okay, here's some fun ones here. You mentioned you grew up playing video games. What was your first system? Super Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, I'm young. No, I, yeah, yeah. I've had it. every <laughs> Nintendo system in our home. <laughs> yeah, we had color when I was a kid. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so, what was one of your favorite games on the Super NES? Mega Man. Oh, Mega okay, Man very X. cool. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the music, the, it's such a tight, controlled game. Upgrades and stuff, like Mega Man's my game. Any other favorites throughout your uh, career here that Honestly, are kind of staples in your. Like, hey, this is why I got into – what molded me into where I'm at yeah. now. So uh, World of Warcraft, of course. But <laughs> that, that was kind of counter-molding me because I spent so much time playing it. <laughs> uh, but as – like, one of my favorites, actually, is Bioshock Infinite. That's one of the, the few games that I've played through 100% like three or four times. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, have you guys played it? I've not. No, that I that game that is, is beautiful. You just have to, in my opinion. <laughs> Any games in your career that you've particularly enjoyed working on? Oh, I have to say Watch Dogs. Okay. Watch Dogs 1, because it, it was my first one, but it was also the experience. The team was fantastic. Uh, the things they let me do, which I had no business doing, but I still, you know, they let me try, and it was, it was great. Um. Far Cry 4, I also worked on Far Cry 4. Hmm. That was a fun experience because it was my first first-person game. Okay. So there was that whole side of it. And there's, there's things in first-person that you can't get away with. Like, you know, it's two, two different things, third and first, of course. So that, that was a good way of showing me, like, that it is actually a different thing. Hmm. What do you like doing on your, your off times? Working in Unreal Engine. Okay. <laughs> Literally, that's I'm, yeah, it's, that's it. That's it for me. Hey, that's, that's a good thing to hear from a potential instructor who's going to be teaching in Unreal. So that's a good thing. That means you know your stuff. Are you a fan of Fortnite at all? Uh, I'm, I'm a fan because of it technically. Okay. Like what they managed to do with the engine and, you know, what they're continuing to do with the engine. Like the, the version you play on your phone and the version on the PC is exactly the same game. They just yeah. scaled it so well. Yeah. That, that's why you can play between the two. That's it. the reason why I ask is because that one, when you jump on the uh, Unreal Engine website, they have that there. And uh, yeah. my four older kids uh, have just been thoroughly enjoying that game. And the funny part that you say that is two of my older kids, they, they bought Nintendo Switches, so they're playing on those. Uh, my girls that are running anything that play, one's on a computer and one's on an iPhone. 
and you know, they're all playing together. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the thing, like when we talk about technology and where these things are going, like that, that game plays on a high-end, you know, triple A console, but it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It plays on your little mobile, mobile. device. And, and that is, that is like, you know, it's I mean, ridiculous. A hundred million yeah. people on phones. Like that's a, that is a big statement of where technology is currently at and yeah. where it can go. So, and this is only the beginning too, because Fortnite is making them a ton of money. So of course they're going to keep working on it, which means that's going to trickle down into developing new tools and, and uh, abilities that Unreal Engine 4 can use. And Epic Games is fantastic at developing for their own game, but then releasing those tools for free for everybody. That's amazing. So the more, the more time and money they put into Fortnite, the more features Unreal Engine is getting. Very cool. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> You know, if you, you should sign up your kids to this program too, eh? I'm sure they've got a game or two they want to make. That's what I was actually when you were talking about it and the fact that you said it was pretty user-friendly, uh, that's what I actually was thinking. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, yes. Get them that started actually, young. That is actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, like a, kid, a kid's course for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, cool. that, yeah, I like it. We'll talk more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Rick, you have anything else before we close out? No, I think, uh, you know, it's great to, to have everyone. It's been a while. I miss, I miss, I miss everyone out there. Uh, hi, miss you guys. I know. And, it's uh, been a bit since you've been on, a, on one of the podcasts with me. I know. And, and <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for, for, for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, though. It's like it, you won't regret it. Nobody will regret it. Unreal Engine, make your own stuff. That's fantastic. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. I'm looking forward. We're starting this in here in the uh, winter term. Yeah, they have the goal is to have it ready for January, uh, January second, uh, okay. when classes start. Yeah. All right. To go. Well, we're looking forward to that. And again, we really it's it's neat for me to talk with you and hear the passion that you have for uh, games and animation and like I said, particularly this the software that people were jumping in and learning. It's always great to have an instructor who's very passionate about something uh, that definitely rubs off. So. Um, Thank you very much for joining us in iAnimate in this podcast. Well, thank you for giving me a place to talk about it. 